0: Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello and welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. I'm Jack Ricks and I'm joined today by Ollie Marriage. Good morning, Jack. Uh, good morning. And uh, no one else. It's just the two of us.
1: <laughs> it's lonely in We've here. We've been abandoned. Where is everyone? <laughs> well, they're halfway around the world, I think.
0: Yeah. Rowan's are... in Saudi Arabia. That's right. Q's, Ollie Q's in America, is he? Yeah, he's off. To, he's off to the US
1: just both. you and me. See? Yes, just you and me in the basement at the BBC.
0: <laughs> Get all the glamorous jobs. I wonder whether this podcast will be half as long because there's half as many of us. Is that yeah. how it works?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Only yeah. Q's chatting usually takes. He's up He's always he's a chatterbox, isn't he?
0: <laughs> anyway, this is the podcast where um, we talk about the new issue of the magazine, issue 380. Um, if you're a keen listener, you'll know that last week um, we uploaded a special podcast where we focused entirely on the cover story of this mag um which was the uh, the sort of deep dive into Ferrari's XX brand mm-hmm. and their sort of ultra exclusive track only um, sub brand um but we also well, Ollie did. I didn't. Drove the SF90XX at Fiorano, and we combined all of that. So we won't be talking Ferrari today, but we'll take you through some of the more interesting stuff uh, in the rest of the magazine. Of course, it's all interesting. It's it fascinating cover to cover, yeah. but we're going we're gonna to sort of handpick a few bits um, um, to go into more detail on, give you some of the stories behind the stories that are in the mag. But before we do that, what have you been up to? Ooh,
1: I have been towing stuff. <laughs> bananas in a car Um, or just yeah, because we've been on breaks over christmas and Mm. stuff i have been well we had a rolls royce cullinan in just before christmas oh darling oh yeah yeah. (laughs) as you do and and you didn't manage to hold on to it for the christmas break no 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 no. It went back but i did have it over a weekend and it was a weekend where being the time of the year and i'm living out in the sticks a bit i needed to uh move some logs around so and it happened to have a I tow bar on it. whether they actually needed moving around, or whether
0: you just wake up and go, "Today I will move some <laughs> logs from one place yeah, it to might another." Might be a bit of that. Might <laughs> yeah, be a bit of that. Yeah.
1: But the Cullinan had a tow bar on it, and I thought, oh. "Well, <laughs> that's a definite use for it." So starlight you... headlining inside and rear-opening doors, and all the rest of it, and out the back, load of logs in an old trailer.
0: I was just thinking, what do what do Rolls Royce owners tow behind them? I think
1: horse boxes. With horse boxes, very boxes would be about it. Expensive. Wouldn't it? Racing yeah. horses yeah. in them. Um, I don't think it extends much further than that, does no, it? No, Speedboats? No, no. You wouldn't tow your own speedboat; <laughs> no, you someone wouldn't... else would tow it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you just chopper short... it in, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Where would you yeah, like yeah. it today, sir? Yeah. <laughs> Plop, we should pitch this to Rolls Royce, though. Uh, towing. Inopportune things behind a Cullinan. Excellent, <laughs> it's a feature. It's Let's right. do it. <laughs> it's done. If you're listening, Rolls Royce. Yeah, we're, I've also be. I've also been towing bicycles behind the long-term Range Rover. You normally stick them on the roof. What's going on? I can do, but it's got a tow. The new this is going. This is getting slightly geeky, but the hybrid Range Rover we did have has now gone back. We'll come out and talk. We'll talk about more about it a bit later on. That's gone back, and it's been replaced by a regular wheelbase diesel. Um, and on the long wheelbase hybrid, you cannot have a tow bar fitted partly because the weight of the tow bar and the nose weight you have to allow for would reduce the car's gross vehicle weight, um, or affect the car's, t- um, mass, which is also already, as I found out by sticking it on a weighbridge, three tons. So the, but the diesel can have a tow bar fitted. So it has, so I've put my a tow bar bike rack on it and had bikes on it and, um, been lovely doing stuff, stuff like that, lovely stuff. There, you there, go. there is
0: nothing more Ollie married than attaching bikes <laughs> to any
1: vehicle. Yeah, yeah, doesn't matter and what it is. And romping off into the wilderness he'll somewhere. will find a way to get them on
0: there. <laughs> well, I've been, um, well, I've been lucky enough. We went, went away with the family um, mm. over Christmas. First ever time I've been away for Christmas. I can highly recommend abroad. Getting abroad. Yes, wow. I went, went to Sri Lanka. Oh my God, uh, that's properly abroad. Properly, properly abroad. Um, but what was brilliant was I fell in love with the tuk tuk. All over again. Do you uh, get to drive one, or were we just being No, I didn't get to drive one. To be fair, done. I didn't ask. Um, but I have driven one in India um, a number of years ago, actually. Mm. Uh, but w- I'm just fascinated by them. How can something that is that size mm. fit so much stuff in it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, total lack of health and safety, yeah, yeah. obviously. Mm. But literally, me, my wife, and my two kids sitting. Four abreast across the back seat with a couple of sort of big beach bag stuff behind us. Yeah. And if you want to fit anyone else in, the driver's very happy to accommodate another passenger next to him or between his legs or like wherever. It's wow, just
1: what an amazing. Pe- you can see why it's, it, mm. it's, it's, you know, it's how Asia. Gets around, yeah. yeah. Really. It's the same because they're like those Piaggio Apes you see yeah. all over Italy. Mm. And I've they they once tried to bring a racing series of those to the UK, <laughs> and I went and did a Piaggio Apé race around a go yeah. around a cart track. Which was hilarious, but also you're very much reminded that the crash structure is your knees. Yes, and yes. you're steering with this handlebar when it's over your thighs. It's yeah, I'd, pretty. I'd, I'd say the, dicey. the
0: structural rigidity of a crisp packet would be <laughs> yeah. would be generous, um, but they are just just brilliantly fun. Th- and the kids, of course, they're just like in lo- What is there oh, any yeah. more fun vehicle? Why doesn't it have doors, Daddy? Because <laughs> <laughs> they weigh something <laughs> and they cost money, and it, so you can get. Um, I was asking uh, our uh, one of the drivers out in in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, you can get a new one for about equivalent of about two grand, or used one for a grand." But he said, oh. "But prices have gone up and up and up. There used to be half of that three or four years ago. They were so, that's so cheap. I mean, Oof. it's a lot of money um, um, mm. for it's for, the future of urban transport. Surely it is. Bring
1: it to the UK. Well, Audi, <laughs>
0: Audi's done an electric.
1: Oh, they have, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it's yeah. quite ready to make that leap from, you know, affordable <laughs> uh, transport to, to expensive, mm. uh, cutting-edge, connected yeah. uh, EV tuk-tuk. But, um, no, great fun. And the, and the and the driver as well, I said, oh, what, what happened in lockdown? He said, well, I got stuck um, up in sort of the hill country in the middle of... He mm. works for a hotel, so he was up there in the hill country and his family was in Colombo, the capital. Yeah. So. That's a two two and a half hour drive, but the only vehicle they had available was um, the tuk tuk, and he hadn't seen his family for, for months and months. So he jumped in the tuk tuk and drove to Colombo. Took him nine hours. <laughs> 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 but I uh, he just didn't think twice about it. He was like, "Yeah, it was a bit," you know. He said, "My um, my wrists are in quite a lot of pain because you've got to keep the <laughs> yes. throttle on for nine hours." <laughs> but um, versatile little vehicle. Oh, you know, excellent road trips. You know, there short you go. hops. Yeah. Um, whenever you want. So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm a bit in love with the tuk-tuk. Back seat of a tuk-tuk. Yeah, I, I'm, this is the year where we're going to move from from London to um, to the countryside. So I'm I'm thinking a tuk-tuk for getting around our yeah. local village. What do you reckon? Eccentric. I think, it, I
1: think it, no. I, th- I I have an absolute lust for a Citroen Mahari. Oh. So I so badly mm. want one of those. So now I completely get it. A
0: Mahari over a moke?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. They're probably big money now, aren't they? It's sort, oh, it's they're sort of caught are. on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we can Such make, a shame. We can but make are... one out
0: of a couple of those, um, you know, those sort of foil takeaway <laughs> yes, cartons. That
1: is exactly it. <laughs> Stick <laughs> some wheels on. Right. <laughs> right, let's talk
0: about um, let's talk about this issue. Loads yeah, yeah. going on. As mm. I say, we'll, we'll we'll avoid Ferrari because you've got an entire forty-five yep. minutes of us wanging on about mm. that. Um, right, right at the front of the magazine, trending. There's a new datcha duster. Always there a worrying is. time when Dacia yeah, yeah. brings out a new car, because what makes Dacia's brilliant is the mm. fact that they're cheap and simple and unpretentious and yeah. all of these things. And then a new duster comes out and it looks quite smart.
1: It does look quite smart. Quite posh. It looks, it's got sort of to- overtones of the Kia EV9 a bit, doesn't it? That sort oh, of yeah. slightly more brutalistic edge yeah. thing to it. But I really like the look of it. Yeah. It's still going to be the same sort of money though, isn't it? It's not going upmarket in that sort of fatal way that a lot of companies do.
0: I'm just saying if there's a... Yeah, I mean, it will go up in price inevitably, but um, and the other thing is we always used to... This is a classic motoring journalism thing. The Access versions of Dacias, which were the, yeah, the we Sandero know, Access. Yeah. White paint, mm. steel wheels, yeah. no aircon, no radio, wind-up wind windows. <laughs> yes. And we loved them. That's
1: it. That's the essence of the motor car. Did, <laughs> did anyone buy them? No, 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 no. And we only like them until day two or three. Oh yeah, I, go- I drove oh, one. Really? <laughs> I drove one during the
0: summer and was just sweating cobs. And was like,
1: <laughs> I hate this car so much. But in principle, on paper, yeah. I like it. So, but, okay. So, slight point on this: Dacia is still focused on building good value cars, and I think this is. Our fear is this is where the, a lot of Chinese brands were going to pile into this sector of the market. Mm. But what we've seen so far isn't that at all. Dacia still seems to be going, we're going to build a cheap car. As we know that the Spring, the little Sandero based, some sort of Sandero based electric car, which I loved when I drove it briefly last year, I just thought it's like a sec- latter day 2CV really cool little thing but a lot of these chinese brands we all thought they were going to come in with these budget cars they're not they're coming in so saying no we're five grand cheaper than whatever else is comparable or whatever yeah. so they're not treading on these toes in the same way so we're still we're going to be relying on dacha for our yeah and pretty much cool all, the, all the transport. chinese stuff
0: seems to be electric that, mm. that, that's coming in so it has to sort of it's of a certain price point dacha's like well apart from the spring which is yeah a yeah. very affordable mm. um, don't use the word cheap. Affordable <laughs> um, electric car. Yeah. Um, by using a, you know, one of those funny old combustion engines, you can really uh-huh. keep prices prices down. Especially <laughs> yes. when you're just, you know, it's it's yeah. sort of um, tech that's been proven on sort of yeah, previous gen. I'm looking gen forward Renaults. to that. I'm really, yeah. look, genuinely looking forward to driving that. Yeah. It's it, be... it's a bit of a. If you held a gun to my head and said, "What what is a sort of Top Gear hero car?" You know, a a Datcha Duster, it can sort of, it can go places, it's unpretentious, Mm. it's quite cool, it's tough, it's, you know, I I can see us doing a big adventure of some description. Yeah, me too. Watch this space. And then, Mm. so, our drive's open at the big twin test. Yes. So, years ago, (laughs) well, let's, let's quantify this. In the early days of my journalism career, so we're talking 15, 16 years ago, there would be no bigger moment than a new... 5 Series or a new uh, yeah. Mercedes E-Class, mm. that was like, right here we go, yeah, yeah. biggest news on the planet it's sort of well it's certainly gone, gone down the pecking order in terms of it has. you know, news yeah, yeah. and uh, mm. importance but here we are, this is essentially the electric BMW, the all electric mm. BMW 5 Series versus the all electric E-Class, E-class the what E-Q-E. a moment
1: I know. And yet it feels quite low-key, not it? It does feel low-key. I think it's because everything's just splintering, isn't it? The mm. whole segments are splintering into crossovers and all everyone's putting a toe in the water to electric and Merck's doing it a different way to BMW. So just go into that. Merck do a new E-Class, which they'll do as petrol and hybrid. And I don't think, don't think they're going to do full electric E-Class. No, no. Or So, but, so the EQE is their electric yep. E-Class, but it's a completely different body shape or body style at least. Whereas BMW have gone right, the 5 Series, you can have it in any flavour you like. It's i5 is the electric one, or just regular 5s are so yeah. the petrol hybrid ones. And diesel as well, I think they're still doing a diesel yeah. in it. Um, so, yeah, but it is, it feels a little bit low-key. It's sort of like, these, the cars have arrived and come out, but they're not, and they're doing a good job. The big thing for me, though, is the price point. These cars, in my in my head, these exec cars should be around 50000 quid now. But these electric ones are 70. Whoa. They're 70, and in the fact, they don't, even the basic ones, I think, they're still oh, 60, mid-60s and upwards. So all
0: right, well, here, here we go. BMW i5 eDrive 40 M Sport mm. Pro. So, yeah. top spec, but not uh, not the quickest one. No, no, no. No, um,
1: at all. 76 grand yeah. base, 94 mm. as tested. I know. It's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. And the problem is for these cars is they're not inherently desirable. They don't feel or look special. They are just three-box saloons. Okay, the Merck's a proper bar of soap. It's a very, bland, sort of, not insipid, three but it's a very boxes. melted <laughs> shape. Very aerodynamic. But um, they, none of them have an, a real handsomeness or go-to glamour Mm. to them at all so and uh, i we the test was written by tom ford by wookie and he's done a really nice job with it the bmw comes out the winner but i i think that there is that question of, of cost with these cars yeah they're not appealing they don't have that inherent exec audience that they used to have that's you know that's much more diverse now but it's I think they're 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 not gonna sell in big numbers. i just mm. I can't see it,
0: and there's not many times I've actually seen a test where the b m w is hands down the the more
1: handsome car than whatever it's sitting <laughs> <seen> next to. <laughs> do you think so see i don't I'm not sure about that Pfizer again, it's a bit grilly oh, but the e class I don't object uh, to that sort of lozengy shape too oh, much I do. do you Oh, I
0: just think it's just. Just yeah. blobby. There's no, it is quite blobby. There's no form. Especially when yeah. you look at you know, you look at the the five series, which mm. has, you know, it's a more chiseled shape to it. It does. Yeah, uh, and some yet you and then you look at the stats and it's, you know, mm. um so the 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 Merck will do three hundred and eighty two miles on the charge. Mm. The BMW does three hundred and sixty-two. I'm mm. just I'm rapidly trying to find out how how their batteries compare. But yeah. I would take I would take something that looks better and lose 20 miles because as we all know yeah, yeah. in the real world unless it's <laughs> an absolute streamliner that can yeah. do 500 miles on a charge and and it's all very clever, yeah. I think that's too much of a compromise I think it just looks
1: yeah yeah and of course that is the second big um Merck BMW battle we did lot. we did uh recently because we did i7 against S class mm-hmm. earlier in the year and that was really interesting because that was the first time that new i7 is a masterpiece it's a, i know it's a weird looking thing mm. but my god is it a brilliant car how much does that cost uh, it's 100 and, uh, what's uh, about 120
0: i think well so my point is save up another yeah. 20 Get the i7 instead of the instead of the i5.
1: Yeah. I mean, and yeah. up and up we go. And if you're going to drive
0: that, have a look at a Rolls Royce. Yeah. No. But it does
1: it, it means I keep coming back to sort of three series as just being such a heartland car now because I used to have that. Div, there was always a reason to go to a five series from a three series, and now I'm sort of looking at it and going, three series touring is probably what you need. I'm I am actually quite excited Don't think this I've ever, year. Ever thought a three series touring? isn't what you need it's just sort of like <laughs> yes it is it's another one of those it's automotive touch to points isn't it yeah. but I am looking forward to this year because I assume we're going to get a, a, a touring version of the 5 series yes and we're going to get that and Audi A6 Avant and we're going to A6 get a touring Avant version of the well. i5 so yeah, yeah. there's a
0: distinct lack of electric, electric estates, estates
1: yeah. which I think are just better than SUVs and yeah we'll get that Audi A6 Avant as well Oh. I think which do, well, looks like a really handsome thing from what we've seen so far yeah so yeah, there's there's some news there. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And over the
0: page uh, we've mm. driven. Well, we haven't. Um, mm. Paul Horrell, yeah, uh, uh, had a go in the new Santa Fe in Korea. Yeah. Mm. Good looking car.
1: Yeah, distinctive. I mean, it's, it's a partner to the Kia EV9, isn't it? So mm. it's a big square. It looks like it was designed in Minecraft. Yeah, it's that sort of. <laughs> It's I think it's amazing. I think, I think it's really cool, isn't there,
0: it? There was no one better than Hyundai at taking mm. essentially a a, a quite a simple normal popular mm. car shape and sort of yeah. format and just making it look interesting. Yeah. You know, and just proving mm. to everyone that yeah, yeah, uh, people want a, you know, a petrol hybrid 7-seat SUV that they they're, they're going to sell a lot of them. Yeah. But it doesn't have to look Completely dull. I know. You know, even, even the Ionic Five isn't. It's not revolutionary in, in what it is. Mm. You know, but they've just they've made waves by with with good design.
1: Exactly. Yeah, this does look a sort of. It's yeah, like an. Easternized defender, isn't it? It's yeah. got those, yeah. It's de- the, from the rear. It's definitely got those sort of angles and lines to it. Yeah. In fact, um, from the rear, but, it looks yeah.
0: absolutely enormous. It the, does like, look The enormous. rear overhang is huge. It, it but... is going to be bloody enormous, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be huge. But there we go. If you like Minecraft, <laughs> you're going to like the new Santa Fe, uh, McLaren Seven Fifty. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of supercars.
1: Yeah. That we've had a go in. Would you call them?
0: Mm-hmm an um, ggt a supercar.
1: Whoa, well, it's that, that's a cusp, isn't it? That's yeah. definitely sports to supercar cusp. This case. But this this is this is quite interesting because so McLaren have done the 750S which is a 720S and I think we might have spoken about it on the pod before. But it's very very similar to what's gone before. They've worked out and to be fair they did back in 2017 when the 720S came out. They got it bob on. It was a brilliant 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 car. So they've Worked out. Oh, we can't do it, can't do it any better than that. Um, let's just do a bit more of it and yeah, yeah. just make it more. Yeah. Um, so they yeah. So we've got the 750s, which is yeah. Ollie Q went and drove and came back sort of raving about, but unsurprised. It it's not. There's no surprise in it mm. really. Then on the turn page, we've got. I went to Spain and drove the AMG GT, where Merck have gone. Yeah, we didn't get that right first time round. We need to have a bit of a go at it. So they've changed it. They've now put it on the same platform as the SL, with the SL we don't like very much. The GT they've worked really hard on. They've done a load of engineering changes over the underneath. So it actually uses the same uh, cross linked hydraulic dampings as the 750, as McLaren use. They've given it rear seats. They've made it into a GT instead of a sports car because previously it was that sort of long bonneted, aggressive. It was quite snatchy to drive that old GT and they've now sort of smoothed it all out, four wheel drive, still really powerful, still charismatic, but it's just sort of got, it's got, it's more comfortable in its own skin now. Big boot got so the big sort of hatchback it has got a big <laughs> yeah, yeah. hatchback it's it's genuinely versatile and useful it's a rival for like aston db12 and mm. things now i really liked it yeah quite I, cool i really liked it but it's not hybrid it's it's just got the whacking great four liter twin turbo v8 in it and have some of that oh, i
0: wonder why you like it Ali. <laughs> you know <yeah. laughs> oh but yeah um,
1: it's uh i i thought they'd, they'd 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 actually thought about it, worked out where it needed to sit, and um, done a, done a good job with it. Where are we go next? What let's, we well, let's well let's dive into about? the
0: features features run. Yeah. Um, as I said, we're going to scoot over the mm. Ferrari. Um, so uh, this issue does contain the feature uh, where mm. I drive. Um, It's called the Mustang GT, GT500H, which is the special edition Shelby Mustang that's made just for Hertz. So you can rent it um, for... That's how
1: big car hire companies are in America. Yeah, I
0: know. It's 900, over 900 horsepower, and it's yours for $300 a day. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so anyway, um, so we've that done... good. If you've... If you're interested in the story, you can go onto YouTube now. The, the, the video is on there. Um, it's part of a series, um, TG2 Cars and Stripes, that we did, um, uh, Jethro Bovington and I, uh, a load of uh, car content that we produced in america and we also Mm. did a podcast where we talked about everything we did in tg2 so there's Mm. part one and part two if you just scroll down your feed you'll be able to find those and i talk about this feature and my abject failure to beat the men's elite
1: new york marathon time yeah yeah. in a 900 horsepower car (laughs) more importantly though when you pick it up from hertz Mm. do they measure your tire tread depth when you pick it up, and when you come back.
0: <laughs> I thought they were going like, to measure your driving ability. I was like, How are you going to do that? That's a very good point. Because you
1: are going to torch a set of rears yeah. in a couple of hours, aren't you? 300 quid a day, you're going to get. tyre I can kept
0: slipping. It was terrible. <laughs> kept slipping off the brake, onto the throttle, and I was just in these huge burnouts in Manhattan, you know, everyone was really pleased <laughs> with myself. No, so I, I think maybe I got special treatment as a... Um, mm.
1: As a journalist. Because if you are hurts, Hertz, you'd be on that like a hawk, wouldn't yeah, you? You'd be, be down that. there with your tread tread gap, depth gauge.
0: Well, this is the brilliance of this story, is that this car is a, is a sort of long line of Hertz mega Mustangs mm. that go all the way back to the um, GT350R, which is the, the original renter racer. And as the legend goes, that was where people would take the engine out, <laughs> put in a sort of stock, stock engine. Mustang engine. Yeah. They would do all sorts of like mods. They'd put their own... Um, weld their own roll cages in, take it racing, and then take the then take the roll cages out. All sorts of stuff. Um, wow! Obviously, in this day and age, like a short term Hertz... lease deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this day and age, Hertz weren't very happy with us doing any sort of racing, <laughs> which is why our slightly curly mm. idea to go and race the New York Marathon in it came about. But anyway, yeah, good one. Check that one out. Yeah. Right over the page we have uh, mm. Caterham's bright. Yeah new electric future future yeah so yeah project v this Mm. is called so this is really interesting this is a it's a concept car for now Mm. um it is in essence a small light um two-seater electric sports car
1: yeah and it's a catering Mm. yeah
0: what a lovely, what a lovely it is. simple idea. I mean, it's the a-
1: second one they've done, actually, because last year they did a 7, didn't they? Ah. They did it as a study. Mm. They did an electric 7. Mm. We tried to get it along to Speed Week last year, but we couldn't make it happen. It's still in development, really. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, so this is Caterham having a good eye at the future. But I don't think that the Caterham 7 electric isn't related to this. This is now... No, this is something different. This is something different. But
0: interesting, just sort a root, of shortcut to the end of the story, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, how real is it? Well, mm. when we spoke to Caterham, um, again, it was Wookiee that wrote this one. Mm. They said, look, we're too small a company. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough money to make a concept car like this and not be serious about it. Mm. So we start with the real engineering yeah. and then we're showing you this car. So mm. should things continue to proceed yeah. in 2025 or 2026 at the latest, this will this will exist.
1: Yeah. And it's a pretty little thing. I mean, it is... It's, you you sort of, sort of looking to how to describe it and things, it, it's, it's got a, there's sort of a, probably a dimensions and weight similarities with like an Alpine A110 but yep. it's a catering with doors and a roof and lots of glass in it rather yeah. than lots of open and, air and it's electric have we said that yeah i think we yeah. said that already
0: but yeah mm. that's it so 55 kilowatt hour battery um
1: not a load of power to 268 268 from a single rear motor
0: yeah um and under 1200 kilograms mm. not 62
1: in four and a half four and i and think a half. it is so and 140 mile yeah. top speed it's it's exactly the sort of Spec you want? I mean, it is very similar in a way to that, up to the Alpine A110. Yeah, um in that sort of concept and vibe and things. It's got a simple interior. It looks really nice. It's a very, it's yeah. You could see this working yeah. in a way that, but you there can't is, really.
0: But there is, as yeah. ever,
1: a fly in the ointment. Go on. A projected price, eighty k. Well, we've just been talking about seventy-five thousand pound BMW Five Series. So, <laughs> I know the whole world's gone mad. Like, if, if basically, if your eyebrow twitched when I said that, yeah,
0: then you know it's probably not the car for you. If you if you shrugged mm. your shoulders, then you know. Come, mm. I remember mm. you know when the A one ten came first came out and it was fifty forty. I think 40? when it first came
1: out, yeah, yeah, I think it's probably yeah. crept up to yeah, it has, 50 it's 50 by now.
0: now. I was now. I think that is quite a lot of mm. money, but you know the world's moving quite quickly. Um, I think yeah. it needs to be quite special. It needs to be really nicely put together and and, and nicely mm. finished. They can't sort of rest on their laurels and just sort of stick it, rely on people buying it because it's a catering and it should yeah. handle beautifully. Mm. It needs to be. If you're going to charge that sort of money, it needs to be a lovely thing. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be electric Porsche Boxsters and Porsche Caymans mm. coming around the corner, which
1: yeah. we know are going to be... Yeah, they'll be Built very like well running. engineered, aren't they? Yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because Caterham had a ch- had a look at doing a small, lightweight car of this pretty much this exact template mm-hmm. with Alpine mm-hmm. that became the Alpine A110. But Caterham put it under a dust sheet and never went through with the project. Of course, what was that, it, what Alpine was that Caterham, one called? It's a C120. C120. Yes. Like yeah. That? Oh, I remember. So. Um...
0: Stephen Doby this is way back in 2016 2016 went yeah. visited Caterham and went mm. to go and see this sort of stillborn um sports yeah. car that was supposed to be the sister car to the A110 Yeah. and there was sort of a dusty old polystyrene <laughs> model of
1: it yeah. um
0: I think there's definitely design similarities. I think they may have used that car. I suspect as a sort of the designer wouldn't point. like you
1: for saying it. He's probably had a good go at everything. But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, that's why, it, that's why it I is, cautiously said similarities, yeah, yeah, yeah. not it's the same, <laughs> <laughs> but there is, um, yeah, but it is, I mean, it's the template is similar, isn't it? It's a two seat yeah. sports car. Um, and they all start with a, with an engine relatively in the back, yeah. um, so they've got yeah they've all got that but that sort of similarity to them but no I think it's a really good looking car and I I hope it does well it's it still feels like electric has been accepted by the mass market I'm still completely unconvinced about whether electric is the right thing to have fun in a car with and we've done, and I've driven some really good ones like that at Ionic Five N mm-hmm. I was really impressed by it mm-hmm. but if someone still said you can get in that and drive or you can get in a Civic Type R and drive I'd be in the Civic every yeah, time yeah, yeah. Yeah. so. So we're edging it's, closer to yeah. something, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just don't want to be right caught at that cusp edge, do you, with with cars. It's it's good that Porsche are getting into it mm-hmm. because they'll set a standard that everyone will have to live up to. Yeah. But let's let's hope for Caterham's sake, if they can keep the weight down on this, because they will be the only company who are really focused on weight, I expect. Well
0: that's two oh, that's what I was thinking. Two things are gonna creep here. Mm. One's the weight. Yeah. And one, the other one's the price. So mm. if it ends up being thirteen hundred kilos and ninety five grand, then yeah. you're sort of like, it, it's it's getting mm. away
1: from them, isn't the, it? The, they've got to keep it simple. It's they've gone over to work out what to leave out, yeah, and what, yeah, where they can lose weight. So anyway, Caterham, we're, we're rooting for you. Yeah, we are completely and utterly. Um, all right,
0: mm-hmm. so so next up, there's a story. Um, again, Tom, did anyone else write anything apart from Tom Wookie Ford in this issue? And
1: me doing the Ferraris. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I, <think it> <laughs> I had a month off. It's lovely. You, to, yeah. you know, you got you got to ease yourself into Christmas, haven't you? No. <laughs> um, so this is just a, a classic and beautiful Japanese mm-hmm. car culture story. So so mm-hmm. Wook was over there in Japan and managed to meet up with a group of guys and girls. Who are really into old Volvos? Yeah, and it's just not what you'd expect. Then um, the photos yeah. um, from Toby um, Toby Thayer mm-hmm. are um, fantastic. Uh, they're really nice, are But, but yeah. for me, I mean, look, read, read the story. You can learn all about um, this group and why they're so yeah. into so into their Volvos. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Japanese car culture just never fails to deliver. I know. On
1: weirdness. I know. They just... It's its lovely. They find a little niche to get into and then they just burrow into it yeah. so completely and so diligently. It's not... There's never... You know, they all all of these cars seem to have been developed and considered and thought about. It's not like they've gone, oh no, mine's going to have this on it and mine's going to have that on it. Yeah. Or they, there's a very... There's a real... Integrity to the way they develop or use these cars that honors their origins and yet gives them a completely Japanese spin. Yeah. I think it's you see it in everything that comes out of Japan oh. and everything that's gone into Japan and then gets <laughs> twisted and turned a little bit like these Volvo's. I and think by it's fantastic. the way, these
0: are specifically Volvo two hundred series. Yeah, bricks. The proper box. Yeah, the the the, the proper sort of Lovejoy spec <laughs> antiques. Yeah, yeah wagon mm. um and from what I can tell modification is a no-no. Yeah it does o- seem original us, as it? possible, yeah. simple as possible, mm. few dings and scrapes and stuff, you know, doesn't matter. It's about driving authentically. So, uh, and mm. for them, from reading the story, it's just about being different. They just yeah. love to be different. Yeah. They're like, saw that. Mm. Thought they looked quite cool. Noticed no one else had one. Got yeah. really into it and dedicated my <laughs> life to them.
1: <laughs> I think
0: there's something in it
1: there. You know, oh, I, I think
0: I'm, I'm half asking. I want to be part everything. of it. I want to be yeah.
1: part of that. I want to sort of cruise around Japan in an old Volvo 200 series. It's it just looks very appealing. Comfy.
0: I used to have yeah. one. Well, my did you? Well, my grandparents had one, um, mm. and I inherited when they died. I inherited their um, yeah their Volvo 200. <laughs> Brick, uh, it was a bizarre car for an 18 year old to be driving around in, but yeah. um, plenty what, of space. What color
1: was it? Silver, silver, black leather. Mate of mine had a maroon one, it mm. was the, so unreliable because he'd just been <laughs> done moon and back. Similarly, mm. I think he got it coming, came to him off an old off an yeah. uncle or something. It's never the sort of car that an 18 year old would buy themselves, is it? I should have held on, unless they're in Japan, It'd be worth about 100 grand in Japan now.
0: <laughs> oh, and then right, and then the Vegas GP, so. So Jason Barlow, mm. yeah, lucky sod got to go over to Vegas and, and experience mm. the inaugural, inaugural mm. uh, Vegas GP. So we, yeah. it's, it's an interesting feature. This we, we wanted it to be picture led because mm. just the visuals are so bonkers. Yeah. on this race, um, weirdly not when you're watching it on TV. That was mainly just road and barriers, mm. but all the nice sort of <laughs> all the nice drone photography mm. and everything. It's it you know seeing these cars racing down the strip.
1: Yeah. Um I love that juxtaposition. And you're right, I'm I'm the the way that Andy and Elliot have laid it out, I think it just it lends itself because we've got sort of eight pages of just photography with mm. a few captions, and then we've put all the words on a single spread. <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, it's a writer's dream, really. It's <laughs> just but give me all the words in one place and yeah. then Uh, you can, you can do what what you want with the pictures, but it's no, it looks, it's a really handsome story. It's been really nicely told by Jason. Mm. And I think it just, it does, it gives much more of a roundness to the story of the Vegas GP than you got when you, if you watched it on telly, I'm really interested to see how Netflix will do it for when they do the, when the TV show comes out Yeah, and um, when yes. Drive to Survive next year is a Drive to Survive comes out oh they'll love it um, they'll, they'll, they'll oh, be God, a whole, this is what they were a whole designed for, for isn't it, it. Yeah.
0: yeah in fact speaking of Netflix there was a really interesting um, uh, it, it was Netflix f- I think it was the day before the Vegas GP something mm. called the Netflix Cup so it's the first time they've ever done live sport on Netflix and it was a golf tournament and yeah. it was PGA Tour pros um, yeah. teaming up with F1 drivers so there's a handful <laughs> of F1 drivers including Lando Norris who he likes a bit of golf, doesn't he? he? Loves a bit of golf, old Lando. Right. Um, and so it was at a golf course, and it's literally just off, just off the Vegas Strip. Right. So you could see the sphere was sort of looming mm. in the background of the golf course. and But they, they created this format that was, um, you know, very Vegas, very, well, supposedly... TV friendly. Lots mm. of like crazy games, long drive competitions, speed holes, celebrities everywhere, live roving reporters, lots of noise and fireworks and, and all sorts. is <laughs> it at night? No, it was during the day was actually. Say, yeah. During the day. Um, and what transpired was the most chaotic, unwatchable piece of TV I've ever <laughs> seen. I love I love golf. So when yeah. I heard that I was gonna be able to watch Lando Norris play a little golf. Mm. Very, I was completely fascinated. I was yeah. this is fantastic. Um, and yeah, and it just got completely Netflixed and Vegasified to the point where it was just. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It was just, yeah. It just tied my brain into knots. But <laughs> it's an interesting. It, it, I would be up for watching uh, F1 drivers do all sorts of sports. How about yeah. that? What do you reckon?
1: I oh, know. I think that's a good. That's a good shout. Yeah, a bit of interdiscipline, disciplinary, yeah. disciplinary as well. <laughs> if I can get that word out. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: So just get you know, sort of 10, 10 sport event. You know, you could get them. F1
1: drivers decathlon.
0: Yes. there you go. Decathlon is ten, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not
1: I'm not great on my Roman Roman numbers.
0: <laughs> but it doesn't. But the decathlon's normally a bit of javelin, bit. Of, High jump, bit of yeah, long hurdles. jumps, bit of sprint. No, no, distance. you need to broaden it out. It needs yeah. to be a bit of like, um
1: you know, powerboat racing, uh, dressage, <laughs> <Route> one, yeah, <laughs> horse racing, <laughs> dressage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, weird. I have the better. a feeling Carlos Sainz Junior would be dab hand at a bit of dressage. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah. probably yeah, yeah, brought up on the on the family ranch. Yeah, yeah, probably got some. Well, maybe he's used to waving a red rag at a bull more than yeah. he is. Bit of curling.
0: Ooh. You, you got to bring the sports. You got to give them the sports that no one's done and yeah. then just use their natural hand-eye coordination and, mm. and physical abilities to be annoyingly good at it. Yeah. Without yeah. Even trying. Yeah. Netflix. <laughs> um, we'll give you a call tomorrow cause this is, <laughs> this is a goer. Oh, that's got legs. That's got legs. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then so, oh, sticking on a the sport theme. <laughs> sticking on a the sport theme. So Rory Smith is one of our freelance contributors. Um, I don't know how on earth he managed this, but he basically managed to get invited on holiday with Jim Ratcliffe. (laughs) Jim Ratcliffe is the boss of um, Ineos. He's Mm. the guy who's behind the new Ineos Grenadier. He's also the guy that since we um, published this story, Mm. well, we haven't published it yet, since we sent it to press, Mm. um, has now bought 25% of Manchester United. Yeah. So you you would have Mm. seen him in all the sports pages of all... So, unfortunately, the there's
1: no questions about Manchester United in the, yeah. <laughs> <in> the future. <laughs>
0: Other than, yeah. although Rory does stick his neck out and go, yeah. the man who is uh, any yeah, day now to be, about yeah. to acquire. It's mm. like, mm. well done, Rory, you got that one. Yeah, right. yeah. But um, mm. essentially, he went on Ferrari. He's a big adventurer, um, loves mm. expeditions, and has been all over the world, as you would, mm. if you've got billions and billions in the back. Mm. I think it, it, there's a pattern emerging. If you're a billionaire... You sit there twiddling your thumbs, thinking, "How do I spend?" And doing very extreme trips. You know, Richard mm. Branson does his ballooning, and yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, they all seem to have. He's got space a very adventurous companies. mindset. It's mm. you are the the Grenadier only really makes sense when you see or meet Jim Ratcliffe. I think it's when you read this story, you get. Oh, now you get a better understanding of the car through just seeing a few yeah. pictures of him and what he's like. Oh, he has such an
0: unwavering like. belief that this is the perfect car. Mm. So yeah. it's 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 a really interesting because Rory's sort of probing, going, Well, you, you you say that you refuse to compromise on the design, but it's not a very good looking car." Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I quite like it. Yeah. You know, and he's sort of like, "Oh, I'll wait until you see the baby." electric one we're working on that's going to be really good looking it's, uh, yeah. um <laughs> yes. so he yeah. but, but but it is you know it, it's a it's a it's one man's car isn't it he yeah. he had this mm. vision he yeah. wasn't he wasn't going to sit down and take it through drag it through focus groups and no. and market analysis he was mm. just like i like the old offender they've stopped making it
1: yeah. let's fill that yeah. gap and prove on what it was yeah yeah
0: and um mm. and there yeah. we go and then yeah so they're bombing around um bombing around at a safari Southern with, Africa with, isn't it it's
1: yeah. Botswana and places I mean it looks yeah. uh, it looks amazing but, but apparently this is what he loves to do he yep. will go and take so I think a lot of the grenadier development was done by taking the cars to where Jim wanted to go and explore two birds so one, one go stone here. exactly yeah yeah <laughs>
0: lovely no, and he, uh, the, <laughs> lovely the intro to the story is he, this sort of Private plane lands on the sort of dusty mm. airstrip, and yeah. there's a there's a line of uh, quartermasters. So quartermasters are the the pickup version mm. of the the grenadier that we haven't driven yet. Um, and he's like, "Oh, lovely! You've got the quartermasters here. Yeah, yeah need to have a go in those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> job done, <laughs> job done. Yeah. Lovely." Um,
0: so the retro feature is uh, again Tom Ford. His mm. keyboard must have been on fire um, <laughs>
1: yes. at the Rensport reunion, which is mm. at Laguna Seca in LA. So um, the, its Porsches big, bring out all the old cars, isn't it? Yeah, and let it get everyone frothed up properly for them. Exactly. If
0: you if you like Porsches, I mean, put it on your bucket list because this is just mm. unlike anything else. Yeah. There's also a video of that um, online, which you can see um, mm. with with work walking you around the whole event and getting yeah. very excited indeed. Um, <laughs> there, there was new, there was new car news as well, though, wasn't there? There was. They did the I think it's called
1: is it the GT GT Rensport GT3, or GT3 Rensport. Are, Sport. I can never remember exactly what they've <laughs> called it. Anyway, they've basically given... They've done a no-limits GT3 race car. Um, Th- that we can yeah, all buy. That wow. we, we can all buy, in the same way that you can buy a Ferrari XX yeah. or They're, they're building 77 else. of them. Yeah, yeah, And they're yeah. sold out. Yeah, obviously.
0: Uh, but you drove some race cars, So you essentially
1: drove But I basically this. drove one with a bit less power, because just before Christmas, I was out at Estoril in Portugal, and I drove porsche's factory race cars i drove a 911 um, cup car and a 911 gt3r which is their gt3 race car their sort of endurance race for le mans and everything um and they are bloody mighty (laughs) unsurprisingly (laughs) but oh my god the interesting thing is the the major difference between them they're both roughly similar power and things because the cup car is built for basically one make racing so porsche can make that however they like but they tend to do it to be relatively cost effective so they don't make many that many upgrades and changes from the road from the GT3 road car. I mean there is a fair I mean a fair bit a fair bit done to them but they're built on on a production line mm-hmm. and they go out the GT3Rs are much more specialist because they're in the GT3 homologation re- regulations and things so they're competing against all the other GT3 cars out there. Um but the most interesting thing for me was Talking to one of the mechanics, I said, well, you "Come on, what's 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 this like?" Because I, no, I'm I'm not going to get everything out of it from driving. I said, "What's it like to work on?" And he said, "It's brilliant. It's everything has been so well engineered." He said, "They used to run Audi R8s, and they for his his team did, and they were a nightmare. Every single time you want to take a bumper off something, there's like 18 clips that had to be undone and pulled off." He said, "On the Porsche, it's like two. It's like bang, off it comes." <laughs> he said, "We can change the front, entire front wheel assembly." I think he said we can do in a minute and 30 seconds, brakes and everything. Yeah. Everything's on quick releases. It's, it's so easy. He said it's beautiful to work on. And when you look around the car, that whole sense of engineering, just the level of attention to detail that's gone into things. So it's little stuff. Like on the rear wing uprights, they hold the, the rear wing on, there's some tiny little noddles on, sort of just sticking out. And they worked – that those are there. They said they do have a tiny aero detriment because they stick out fractionally. Mm. But they worked out that if you took the – if you need to take the rear engine cover and wing off or take the engine cover off and it put, got put on the floor, then people were likely to stand on it. It was in the way. So these little tiny little metal nod, nodules on the wing uprights just allow them to put the rear wing, the rear engine cover by the wings so it's out of the way when they're working on it and it's just stuff like that and there's some cl- clever stuff about there's a button on the steering wheel when you can have the if you've got the ignition you don't want to start the engine you can still have the power steering operational yeah so the so the mechanics can move it around more easily in the workshops and it's all those sorts of little this is german race personified yeah, yeah, it is. attention to to yeah. detail and that GT3R my god it's so Stable, so supple. The way it attacked curbs and yeah. just swallowed them, and it felt—you could feel compared with the cup car, which has a lot less downforce—the GT3R feels just so planted and solid and smooth. I mean, the the cup car, I managed to spin it, but the the <laughs> the, the um the the R, no, it's just—it's re- it just feels. Well, there we go. Well, let's put this GT3R Rensport on our so the Rensport, shopping list. Yeah, yeah yeah that's I say shopping I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah um yes we've uh, Ollie's had his uh, test drive in it now we need to yeah. do, do it properly mm. um <laughs> and then finally, so in garage um there mm. is you wearing a suit, which is alarming in itself
1: yeah, it doesn't happen very often, does it
0: <laughs> and you are being and and that you're, was the you're suit. not in the driver's seat What's no it wasn't.
1: well hey that that is the suit, it is my one good suit it's That is the one is you the got suit. married in. No, it's not. That uh. one's... I uh, don't know why I'm doing that one. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, that is the suit that when Rowan and I did a story on... F- with Rolls-Royce and the Phantom driving it out to Courcheval yeah. to do the the chauffeur and passenger... That was my chauffeuring suit. Ah. That we got from Geeves and Hawks on Savile Row. Because oh, they had a tie-up with Rolls-Royce. Lovely. Uh, we, yeah, so it's my one good suit. Um, <laughs> but I was in the back seat on this occasion because we were doing... Because it's the... the Range Rover hybrid I've been running, mm-hmm. which has been such a, I've been privileged to tool around in that for, for a few months. Um, it's the long wheelbase. And of course I'm spending 99% of time driving it. I don't, you know, I never, I'm almost, I've ne- almost never a passenger in it. And so I, but I, every time I look in the, in the rearview mirror, all I can see behind me is these two glossily amazing seats in the back that tilt and sweat and got massage and you've got screens and everything to play with. So and you just got your got so your bag on them right, right? <laughs> exactly, and all this yeah, all this enjoying the your ride is my back getting a massage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought well, I've got to find some way of using using them and, and telling telling the story of this long wheelbase Range Rover properly. So I decided for the farewell, what we would do is I'd be chauffeured in it to Land Rovers off road facility and we do it almost like you know you drive your track day car to a track to go and enjoy it properly well here you get chauffeured in your long in your long wheelbase range rover to an off-road facility to go and find out you know this car is designed to go off-road how capable is it still off-road so can you be chauffeured there in complete comfort Mm -hmm. and then can it absolutely strut the stuff off-road when you get there so
0: you were in the back while it was off-roading
1: Oh, no, I did it in the back there and then I actually had a drive when we got oh, to the right, right. yeah I did a load of driving when we got to the, got to east now there's a which great is picture here of it um yeah the, the wheels are
0: fully submerged in what yeah. looks like super
1: oh, it's muddy mud. yeah it's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. slippery but yeah. what interestingly this is land rover's foot this is where they do a whole load of their development stuff and you can do land rover experiences there and it's amazing actually they've got so many acres of trails and everything to to use Um, but all the cars there stay on their standard road tyres because Land Rover have worked out that there's no point putting cars on tyres that are unrepresentative of what you get Mm. for your own car. So, yeah, we stuck it on the completely standard tyres and off you go. And again, the only surface that deliberately foxes it really is wet grass. (laughs) It's the the one thing that all cars seem absolutely foxed by. How are you
0: going to get out of the car park at the Polo?
1: This is it. You get in wet grass and mud and you're still sunk if you're on regular road (laughs) tyres. But the rest of the time, you know, the slopes it could do, the angles it could do, we went into some of the... Because they've not only got all the natural terrains, they've also built um, sort of these concrete bunkers and stuff Mm. for sort of breakover angles and slopes and twists and all this sort of thing. And it is... you You park it up and you've got a wheel, like three or four foot in the air, and you just get out and you go... Oh my god, it is quite impressive. <laughs> it's yeah, and it's how you know how rigid and together it feels. So it does it was a reminder that A, that a long wheelbase rangey has got as much space in the back. I mean, if it came down to a choice between that and an i7 to be in the back of, the i7 would only just, I think you would say, it's has got the yeah. got the nut, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the edge on it. But I think that is a it's a hell of a way to travel the well, back of that. I just think it's range. fantastic
0: that there's one Range Rover owner in the country that's
1: using their car properly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, towing behind the diesel and um, oh, yeah, sho- yeah. getting chauffeured around in the back of the yeah. long wheelbase. Yeah, that, well, yeah,
0: I suppose that is literally mm. our job.
1: Um, yeah. mm. This is a goodbye. What what what, what you what are you running next? Well, there, there's this diesel Rangey that's turned up okay. a short wheelbase one that's turned up for a couple of months. Yep. Um, and just as a compare and contrast really, because I'm just interested that hybrid has been fascinating to run just as a, can it do the, the MPG you expect is it usable electric and yeah, it really is usable electricity. It gives you 50 miles of range pretty much. Um, so you, for most of my daily driving, even if I need to go into London and back, which for me is a 120 mile drive, yep. I can use with 50 mile of electric and 70 miles of petrol. I'm still averaging 70 to the gallon Whoa. or something, 70, 80 to the gallon, um, which, is, which is really good. And it's just whether that what a diesel feels like coming out of a hybrid now. Mm. And unsurprisingly, initially, it feels quite, oh, bloody hell, they still do these engines in this. It's, <laughs> it's, it's noisier and rattlier a bit. But then you get into that thing of, you do a long drive in that diesel. And just before Christmas, I had to go to Durham to pick my daughter up from university. And I could do Durham and back, Nearly 600 miles on a single tank full, yeah. Just filled it up at home, bang! Yeah, I bang, drove to bang, norm- and it's... Normandy
0: in a diesel Range Rover Sport last summer, yeah, and just filled it up in London and just
1: yeah. pointed to Normandy. And, and it there. could do, and it, this has been doing 32, 33 to the gallon, which is, I think, it makes it one of the most efficient Land Rover diesels I've driven because, yeah, yeah, they good. <laughs> this a good new engine that, that Ingenium three litre straight six, yeah, yeah.
0: Good stuff, right. So mm. this is the point in the pod where um, if we had uh, our resident quiz master, Oli Q, oh, yeah. uh, present, we'll we would be doing it. a quiz. We would be mm. um, putting our minds against each other. <laughs> um, in Coming up short. And can we, just <laughs> All losers. All losers in the Top Gear podcast quiz. Um, um, but he's not here. So we're going to have to skip that um, for this month and we'll be back um, when we do the next issue pod in in, in four weeks time and we'll... We'll dive into the quiz, but I hope that was hope that was fun and useful. Bit of a sort of whirlwind tour, whip through the through the latest issue. Tons of stuff going on there, so make sure you pick up a copy of the mag. Um, head to TopGear.com because there's always um, there's always more stories. There's, there's spin-off stories. There's more information. There's um, there's all the fantastic photography and everything to look at on TopGear.com. Mm. Um, check out our social channels: um, Facebook, Twitter um youtube of course a lot of these um we're actually getting slightly slack in reminding you all that there are videos of these features we're talking about mm. but pretty much mm. yeah we're trying to do as much video as we, as we physically can yeah. so head to youtube mm. and um odds on there will be a video of um of the feature that we've been talking about as well so mm. get involved um and uh, yeah thanks for listening catch you on the next one